Welcome to the all-time podcast. I kicked my brother to the curb this week and brought in the modern Don Draper, copywriter William Danilo, to help me break down the worst commercial products that ever hit the market. We will discuss why they are catastrophic, their short-lived infamy, and even though tens of thousands of people were fired and families were destroyed because of them, we still find them comical 30 years later. All right, I'm coming out strong here, hot out the box in more ways than one, with the Frito-Lay Wow. All right, so Frito-Lay has dominated the potato chip uh, sort of business for the last 50 years. Under their umbrella, they've had Doritos, Ruffles, Cheetos, Fritos, Lay's potato chips. Salt and vinegar is one of my favorites. Delicious. But in 1998, during a health craze in this country, they decided we need to take the fat out of our potato chips. All right, so what they, they added an ingredient called Olestra. Now, Olestra causes a couple things. Gastrointestinal cramping, diarrhea, and fever sweats, okay? <laughs> now, all right, picture this. You're, you're taking a family vacation from New York City, you know, you're, you're, and you're going down to D.C., doing some cultural stuff, the Smithsonian, the National Museum, maybe the White House East Wing, who knows, right? And as you get farther down the uh, Jersey Turnpike and your kids are yapping on the back and you want to throw them a healthy snack. They're a little famished. Exactly. You throw them some Doritos, wow, okay? But the farther you get down on that Jersey Turnpike, the exits are farther apart. Picture between the Richard Stockton service plaza and the Molly Pitcher, 27 miles apart. Your kids are scarfed these potato chips down. That new car smell is no longer. (laughs) This reminds me of a Seinfeld episode where the valet had B.O. and Jerry had to just give away the car. Because you're basically having to give away this car if your kids are scarfing these things down. And this, this, this product was, was, was very early the same as Haribo sugar-free gummy bears. Uh, I was at an event at the uh, Walter Fostoria a couple years ago and I scarfed down a couple of these supposedly healthy snacks. Now, the Waldorf would, about six months later, had to close for renovations. I don't know if I was the cause of that, all right? But... Whatever you do on a product, don't put a luster in there. And why this was so short-lived from 1998 to 2000 where they discontinued it. In the last year of this bag of shit product, okay, and that's truly what it was, uh, they had to put on caution on the packaging. This may cause anal leakage, okay? You can put whatever you want on this package, uh, high fructose, 50 grams of carbs, whatever, okay? You may cause anal leakage, should never be put on a food uh, package. All right, William, what is your uh, first product? Um, so my first one is um, also a food product. Um, no anal leakage here, but it was called uh, Kellogg's Breakfast Mates. Um, so just to be clear, I, I worked on the General Mills account for a long time when I was at Saatchi and Saatchi, um, and I'm very familiar with uh, the power of cereal. It is, uh, it is convenient, it is delicious, it is affordable, it is truly, in my opinion, America's breakfast. With that, I have not worked on General Mills for a bunch of years, so this is not an attack on, on Kellogg's at all, but Kellogg's Breakfast Mates may be the dumbest innovation to the breakfast industry ever. They had the idea in 1998 to create an all-in-one package containing a serving of cereal, a small carton of milk, and a plastic spoon. The product was designed as a time saver that would, quote, appeal to busy families with two working parents. So if that was enough to make you ask yourself what the hell they were thinking already, Let's run through a couple of things here. Their thesis was that it took mom or dad too long to open a cereal box, pour it into a bowl, pour milk on top, and hand their kids a spoon. 
In what world does that take more than 20 seconds? How do you bring convenience to the most convenient thing ever? Second, I'm all for innovative convenience. Cup noodles, Nick loves those. Go-Gurt, Slim Jims, whatever. But where could you possibly pour milk into a cereal bowl while you're on the go? You do it on a bus? You do it in the car, a cab, the train, where? Where? My question with this is, now, if you put this in the refrigerator, right, because the milk had to be cold. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was like, what, what, consolidated, what was it called? Condensed yeah, milk or condensed something? Condensed milk, yes. Well, then the cereal would be cold. Cereal should always be sort of a, like a room temperature. You know, then the milk makes it cold. Yes. Which is one of the flaws of this oh, product. Oh, you the cereal itself was Yeah, the, the cereal is Like the oats itself. Yeah, the oats itself. I don't know, but it was a disaster. And as someone who spent a lot of time trying to sell people things, this is called reaching, selling people things they fundamentally do not need. It's an exploitation of large marketing budgets to try and make people buy things that have zero functionality or benefit. Kellogg's apparently spent $30 million on an ad campaign for this. And the kicker is, the agency depicted a family in their ad eating the portable breakfast around the kitchen table. Which makes bonkers, genuinely. Anyway, I don't know who did a worse job, Kellogg's or the agency. I think this is... As, again, no anal leakage, but uh, it's about uh, as bad as I remember the commercials for this, the, the man and the woman, they're sleeping they're in, in bed. bed, they're in bed, and they're worried about... They say, for, let me sleep more, let yes. me sleep, go, go make yourself breakfast. <laughs> they're not making a Denver omelet, no. this thing takes 20, 20 seconds. It's insane. Alright, it going back in time here, also a huge waste on a Super Bowl ad, which they ran many Super Bowl ads, New Coke, 1985. Lasted on the market 89 days. Now, Coke had dominated the market for nearly a half century. Uh, and they had a, 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 of course, Coke was a little less sweet than Pepsi was. But Pepsi, in the early, early 1980s, they had this big marketing campaign, the Pepsi Taste Challenge. Genius. And yes, they had a little sweeter taste to it. Uh, but all they did was ramp up ads. But, but, but you, you know why, what they did. They basically knew that on first sip and only first sip, Pepsi tasted better because it was sweeter. But you don't want to drink a full can of Pepsi. You want no. to drink a full can of Coke. Yes. So they basically made people take one sip of Pepsi and one sip of Coke. And when you compare the sweeter and the less sweet, the sweeter tastes better on the first sip. So my thing is, if it isn't, if it isn't broke, don't fix, don't fix it. it. So all Coke had to do was ramp up advertising, okay, to defeat Pepsi because they have the ultimate brand. Nobody goes into a bar and says, I want a Jack and Pepsi, right? right. Coke has the ultimate branding this way. So... <laughs> The, the comical thing about this is that Bill Cosby was brought on, the 1980 star. Yes, he was wholesome up to... Some American family. Yeah, the wholesome American family, the, Hux, <laughs> the Huxtables, okay, was brought on to be the endorser of this, right? Bill Cosby, who was the biggest branding star, really, of, the, of, that, uh, of that time, of wholesome families, Jell-O uh, and now Coke, he basically wanted off of this, <laughs> wanted off this product almost immediately. He said, "Get me off." Get me off of this thing. Now, Coca-Cola, after 89 days, they rebranded it as Coca-Cola Classic, right? And then it started to kick Pepsi's ass for the next basically 10 Is years. That's why it's Coca-Cola Classic. Yeah, Coca-Cola Classic. Yeah. Just called Coke. Just, just, just called Coke, right? Then they went to Coca-Cola Classic after New Coke was one of the worst failures ever. If obviously. Coke didn't know that Bill Cosby was a, you know, a rapist. a rapist, basically, okay? But if Bill Cosby wants off of your product, okay, in the 1980s, you know it's a, it, is, it is a horrible launch. Uh, 
they, you know, basically they just had to come up with immediate new, and they wasted $30 million on a Super Bowl and are continuing Super Bowl ads, right? This was when the Super Bowl in 1985 was really ramping up, and they were starting to charge, I think, a million dollars for about a 30-second ad. They basically littered, <laughs> and not a lot of companies could afford that then. They just littered the Super Bowl with $30 million ads, uh, new Coke, 89 days on the market. And for this, hey, listen, with a, with a terrible product, may come a great one. Cool classic was born. No analy- no anal leakage. No anal leakage out of this one. I mean, I think that, that that is the gold standard here. So. Yes. Okay. Um, my next one is uh, Cologne by Harley Davidson, which Nick still wears. He's the only person in America who still has. This excuse product. me, excuse me, Cologne. I, I I have gone through many <laughs> many iterations of Cologne. Let me guess, Abercrombie <laughs> Fierce. No, no, uh, no, no. Uh, no. Cool Water because Snoop Dogg had had used Cool Water. I'm not from Long Island, so I've never used Tracar. Okay, <laughs> but uh, Cool Water was my jam in college. From Davidoff, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, you smell great. All right. Um, it's no miss. Listen, Cologne's one of the biggest industries in the world. It's fifty billion dollar global industry, and you know it makes sense that brands want to get involved. Hermes, Chanel, uh, Gucci, all these brands have massive, massive cologne and perfume um, categories, but. Harley-Davidson clearly should have sat out. But I just want to preface that by saying, a Harley-Davidson cologne doesn't sound like the worst idea in the world. It's rugged, it's masculine, strong name, strong brand connotations. I have to imagine any macho named, musky, tacky smelling whatever would have done unbelievably well. But for some reason, they went a slightly different route that no one expected. Three of the names, Cool Spirit by Harley-Davidson, Destiny by Harley-Davidson, Hot Road by Harley-Davidson. What does Hot Road sound like? Hot road, like hot road, sounds like you've got hot road breath. Okay, it sounds like it sounds like roadkill. I mean, exactly, yeah. It sounds disgusting. Um, so whoever came up with that in the first place should be fired. And the product obviously bombed. Uh, additionally, they branded the stuff as Eau de Toilette, and Nick and I are both relatively cultured guys and I understand what that metaphorically means. But I also know what it literally means, and it means toilet water. And dogs like toilet water, not people. And I'm I'm sorry to say, I don't think Harley Davidson buyers are looking at Eau de Toilette saying this is cologne or perfume, they're saying this is toilet water. So Harley-Davidson's marketing team should have said, we're just going to brand this thing as cologne. And anyway, they should never try this again. The only cologne they should ever try to release is Sex Panther, uh, which would be a a monstrous success for them. Um, Also, uh, I just want to say, it has, if you go on, um, I didn't know this existed, but perfume.com is apparently the the place to to get ratings. It has one star on perfume.com and one rating. Well, my problem with this was I remember when this when this launched is that, you know, guys who ride motorcycles aren't usually big sort of cologne buyers in, in the first place, right? Yeah. So you've got to go You're out to a, to, to a you know critical mass population here, right? So, you know, these are cologne goes after sort of the yuppies, the city people, you know, uh, guidos. guidos, metrosexuals, stuff like that. Okay, and yeah, you've got Chanel. Um, you know the many iterations of that. I think uh, uh, Howie Berry's one of her ex-husbands was uh, was on the Chanel Blue sort of uh, model, and yeah, if if you lived in New York City, Los Angeles, or Chicago, Miami, stuff like that, Miami definitely. My you a man would have maybe three to four cologne bottles. It's called the Italian shower. <laughs> well, yes, it is the Italian shower, but but yes, yeah, so, though, but but. But Harley-Davidson riders, where the majority of them were from sort of the Midwest or the, or the Heartland, I don't think they're going to be huge 
Cologne buyers. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, whatever it is, they literally should have just named them anything besides Hot Road and uh, Destiny. Destiny Destiny doesn't doesn't make a strong correlation with Harley Davidson uh, riders. All right, my last horrible consumer product. I I give this one the uh, the too soon tag. In 2006, George Bodenheimer, uh, who was the president of ESPN at the time, was at a Disney board meeting with Steve Jobs. They were both on the board, and Steve Jobs was telling him about how the iPhone is coming out in 2007. So, what does ESPN do? They waste $180 million launching the ESPN flip phone. Now, as we all know, having flip phones before the smartphone came out, they were cheap, right? And the, the, the data coverage on them was sort of weak, but you, the, the, the flip phone itself was maybe 100 bucks tops. I mean, the, the ones with the web surfing and stuff like that, the primitive web surfing, maybe it was $100. The Razor was a nice one. Yeah, that was, that was top. That was Motorola. Top that was Motorola, and so this is a flip Sanyo phone. I don't know if anybody's ever bought a Sanyo phone before. I've never, I've never I've, I've never heard of it myself. But for the whopping price tag of four hundred dollars, okay, for the bargain. Bargain. Now, this phone was geared only to degenerate gamblers and sports addicts, okay? <laughs> As you can get sports content. However, it was on a three G network, right, with spotty coverage. And so you weren't getting the sports scores really fast enough. And the fact is you also had to pay for the data, for the data content, right? So combine your four bills with maybe, with, with maybe 100, $150 to $200 extra a month. You're looking at nearly a $600 cell phone bill for a month while you flip through scores of the NCAA tournament of Gonzaga versus Wichita State, which you just have to have, okay? the gamblers are defaulting on the payments every month. It's a disaster. <laughs> so the SPN phone, was a, it was a great idea, right? However, it was not a smartphone. So the, 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 basically the surfing of the web, the all of the great, apps. It was a great idea. The app yeah, was a great idea. Yeah, exactly. So in 2007, Steve Jobs launched the iPhone and essentially crippled the, the ESPN phone. Because it was doing so well before. You can buy the ESPN phone for like $1,000 uh, on eBay, yeah, right? That's a collector's item, okay? So George Bodenheimer was later replaced in 2012 as president. I don't think that this was the, cause, the root cause of his sort of dismissal or leaving ESPN at the time. But the ESPN phone, I remember this. You know, they were in the sports information business. They were not in the product business. And anyways, back then, maybe great tech guys come to ESPN now, but great tech guys weren't going to ESPN. They were going to Google. They were going to Facebook, companies like that. news network. Yeah, exactly. It's a news network. It's a news network. So they came out with the clunkiest, uh, basically, phone out there that actually the BlackBerry was better to search uh, sports scores on it. And the BlackBerry was really the first smartphone because it had sort of all the capabilities. Yeah, it had everything. And the ESPN, for $400 plus all the data, all right, uh, only only a rabid sports fan, okay, would buy this, okay? However, the coverage was so spotty in certain parts of the thing, it was pretty much useless, okay? (laughs) (laughs) 
And so ESPN has made a couple of like failed product uh, launches. Oh, really? The ESPN, the magazine, which was better, you know, Sports Illustrated. That, that, that made some sense, though. They had yes. writers, they had whatever, that made some sense. But Sports Illustrated always beat it, right? They came out with a body issue, and, and, and Sports yeah. Illustrated has come out Swimsuit with a swimsuit issue. Yeah, of course. All right? <laughs> but, but this ESPN phone is just so comical. It lasted from 2006 closing down as soon as pretty much the iPhone hit the market till later that year 2008 and what did they, do? they, they scrapped it and they fired their, their newscasters but yeah exactly you know this is basically it this was this was one of their uh, obviously one of the most comical launches ever and it was too soon right hey listen they were unlucky and they also didn't have a great execution on this as well they never thought that they, they should have never gone up against Apple I mean no this, but, this the, but they yeah. but, but, but exactly I don't know why this it's, guy is it, going up against it's Steve it's bravado what is it uh, what? Is it bravado? What Maybe he doing? was. He was probably thinking, "I'm going to come out with something first. And who the hell wants the ESPN phone? Well, women don't. No, the general male gambler. No, ESPN now has a very successful app, the ESPN Plus app. Yeah, of course, on the app, in the app store. Yes, it's four four ninety five a month. It's amazing, and you can actually watch the games live on your phone. Like everybody watches a lot of digital content on their covers, phone. They have ESPN coverage. Yeah, exactly. All under the Disney umbrella. Um. But yeah, this is this one. I remember when it came out. I I, I knew this was faulty in the beginning because I never asked my mom if she could buy this <laughs> for this. All right, your last one. Okay, um, my last one. Another uh, Frito Lay bomb. Uh, it's Cheetos lip balm. Okay, when I'm thinking Cheetos, I'm thinking a guy has come home from the bar. Drunk, no woman in sight. No scarf- bread, nothing. <laughs> Scarfing down some Cheetos, right? Watching, you know, it's bad what's movies. It's what's for dinner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Watching Chuck Norris movies for something on, on Amazon. Delta Force. So, in 2005, uh, Frito-Lay released Cheeto-flavored scented lip balm, whatever. And I just want to be clear, I, I love Cheetos. Yes. Cheeto Puffs, Crunchy Cheetos, Flamin' Hot Cheetos, Cheddar Jalapeno Cheetos, Wild Habanero Cheetos. Baked Cheetos, Baked little Cheetos, healthier. little healthier. No Elastra? No, no, no linkage. <laughs> uh, Cheeto X and O's. I love all Cheetos. Yeah. I, I think I think Cheetos are one of the greatest snacks of all time. Yes. I love looking my fingers after it. Yeah. They're, they're phenomenal. But what I don't want is Cheeto lip balm. This is not for mixed company. And <laughs> it, it, it is not. And I want my lips to taste like vanilla, mint. Cherry, literally anything but cheese. And the funny thing is, the mouthwash industry was invented and makes billions of dollars every year to prevent you from tasting like cheese. Yes. So, my take on this is whoever invented this uh, needs to quit. <laughs> Whatever they're doing, they need to just stop. When was this product launched? 2005. And this isn't, by the way, this isn't me being mean or, 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 or this is me being logical because there are a lot of, there are a lot of great products that, that went wrong. This was just a terrible idea. Who was the ad? The, this who the was, hell made this? Well, who was the ad company behind? I don't think this? I don't any ad company was gotten behind this. This <laughs> this, is a, this is this is a, well, a free Olay. They they, they got to have an ad group that that had come up with some marketing pitch behind it, some spin. For if what? you're gonna pay them, right, they got to come up with something. Jeez, mm, I, I don't know. Who who would who would who would use this product? Trailer park people. What trailer? <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's the only people I can come up with here. All right. <laughs> this is not, anyway, I think in my opinion, this, this is the most disastrous thing. And I was saying before about bravado with the ESPN phone thing. Why would Frito-Lay think this was a good idea? I honestly, 
Betty Crocker lip balm, I get. It's delicious, it's sweet. It makes Devil's sense. food cake, maybe? Devil's food cake. <laughs> the vanilla cake? Smoothie, uh, yeah. brownie, anything. Uh, but, but Smoothie but, King could have could have maybe... Uh, Jamba Juice could have. Yeah, Jamba Juice, exactly. With that dream. Cold Stone Creamery? Yeah, cold Stone Creamery. anything. Who doesn't love ice cream? No, everyone yeah. loves ice cream. Um, anyway, in my opinion, this is, the, this is the worst product launch, potentially, of all time. Yeah, that's. I mean, nobody's ever come up with a triple cream Andre, you know, lip balm. <laughs> Would you wear cheese glove? Uh, let's see. If I was at like a dairy farmers convention or something like that, okay, I would put on some Cheetos cologne, right? Okay. Maybe a Ruffles Waves. Uh, I don't know if the sour cream and onion or the ranch is a little too harsh, but I listen. The, maybe the. Uh, I think a little Cool Ranch could be nice. The, the Cool Ranch could be nice. <laughs> You're smelling like cool, cool Ranch Doritos. All right. This concludes the all-time podcast of the worst products ever launched. And we're very sorry to all the people who are behind these launches. A- anyone who works in R&D and Rye, I apologize. Uh, and listen, I'm sorry if your careers never took off after this, okay? But you had it coming. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Nick.